You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up to people, Tex. Hey, everybody. It's a uh, preseason for us, too, here. So a little, little bit of a late repack this week. Yeah, a little bit. And we almost <laughs> stepped on each other's toes. Zach and the boys from, from the Unpack Pod were, were trying to uh, record today. And I was like, wait, we're getting something up on Friday. They're like, okay, we'll just let you have it. So we're, we're delaying them for a week. But we wanted to talk about just kind of what's been happening preseason week one, what we're looking forward to preseason week two, you know, a day ahead of uh, the Packers only home game against the uh, New Orleans Saints week two on Friday, I guess we should just go position by position. I, I don't have that strong of a take on quarterback, but <laughs> it is a, a position people seem to talk about a lot. I mean, we just want to crown or tear down Jordan Love off of one game performance. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty it's, clear that's not what's going to happen. Every game is a referendum on whether or not he's going to be any good forever. And, and that's just not how this works, especially at that position uh, with the, the weird kind of learning curve he's had over his first two plus seasons in the NFL. It's just not how it works. And, you know, the coordinators talked today in a press conference and all of them kind of shared the same thing that like, if you've been in the league the past couple of seasons, this is your first like normal off season. Yep. This is your first normal off season process. And for guys who aren't getting a lot of snaps, you know, on the fields, um, in the regular season, like it's huge for them. So, you know, last week, Jordan Love had the three interceptions. Two of them were dropped. The other one was a basically like there were like three real routes on the play. Two of the guys ran wrong routes and he just tried to fit it in on the one route that like was actually planned for. That one ended up getting picked. I don't know if you can really blame him for any of those, but he doesn't look sharp either. Right. Like yep. he's missing stuff you know, timing routes into the flat and stuff like that, that you would hope a third year first round pick would be able to hit. But at the same time, it's like, he's not getting a lot of these snaps. I know he is in OTAs when everything is on air and you don't have an actual pass rush coming after you, but like live snaps, he's not taking them. No. And, and last year in the preseason, he played what a game and change. Cause he got hurt during, uh, mm. during one of those games. So um yeah, he, he was basically he, he's he's getting thrown into the fire, and yeah, he's he's still exhibiting some of those uh, questionable decisions that that you would expect out of a young quarterback who hasn't played much live NFL football. So I think one of the worst ones to me, to be honest, was um, the one where he was kind of rolling out to his right, and then he kind of stopped and cut back, and Drake Jackson got in his face, and he just yeah. threw a, a duck up to to Tyler Davis, like, down the sideline. That one should have been a pick and and wasn't, so he he probably should have had one that didn't get picked, and then the three that, that did get intercepted, um, you know, didn't, didn't really, weren't really very much his fault, so 
Um, I think Paul Nunez said it best to us in uh, in the Slack at one point that uh, the the three picks kind of you know when you can erase all three of those picks because two drops in you know in a a, a weird route thing um, it almost hides that he did kind of not play great um, right. uh, along with that again missing some of the the throws in the flats and. Um, but again, there were, there were some, some nice balls that he threw too, right? The touchdown to Dobbs was a, a beautiful pass. Um, you know, read, read that very nicely. The, the rollout that Dobbs dropped along this, along the sideline, I thought was one of his, uh, better plays that I've seen, um, just rolling out to his left and, and putting it right on, on Dobbs's hands, uh, by the sideline. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. There's, there's been some encouraging signs. I guess he, he had a, a couple of really nice balls in practice again with the saints this week. So we'll just kind of have to see what happens these next two games. Yeah. I saw, I think it was Domofsky who said it, um, Rob Domofsky from ESPN, but the last practice, so this would have been third or Wednesday, uh, the second of the two joint practices they had with the saints, it ended on a two minute drill and, Jordan Love apparently threw a 50-yard bomb that Domofsky said was his best throw he's seen from Jordan Love uh, this summer. And then they went right down, uh, right march right down, and just put the uh, two the uh, two point conversion in for the win to end those joint practices. So I guess yeah. that's nice to see. It's nice to see Jordan Love, like you said, that that deep shot to Dobbs, which is a slot fade, which is what yep. you're going to get against man coverage. Not it's literally just throwing it up to your guy, and th- those are the type of plays that. You know, Kansas City in that start that he had last year, they were begging him to make that throw. And the Packers were trying to make that throw and they just could not connect. So it's nice to see them actually be able to get that. Like if you look at the film, he's getting press corner, you know, guys walked up to the line of scrimmage. Like he's thinking that's cover uh cover one, basically. Just like it's just man across the board with a safety playing, you know, in the middle of the field zone. And then it ends up turning to man real quick. It doesn't end up mattering because he's got his matchup anyway, and they would have thrown it there away from the middle of the field safety. But um, just nice to see him kind of like diagnose and like get that one right because a lot of those went wrong against Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it, it's continued inconsistency, right? You see the flashes, you see the 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 poor throws, the the inconsistent accuracy, um, the, the the bad decision every once in a while, and the, you see the ability there, and it's just a matter of ironing out those mistakes and, and trying to minimize those. So I want to go to running back. Um, thought we got a little bit of interesting stuff here, like interesting movement. Yeah. So BJ Baylor, uh, uh, yeah, BJ Baylor is out, the running back from uh, Oregon State, who was signed on at the same time as Tyler Goodson from Iowa. They also brought in uh, Dexter Williams as a free agent. Do you remember Dexter Williams? He he was he was what twenty nineteen. Uh, sixth, sixth round, round pick, pick. Yeah. yeah um who's seen time you know he was in the usfl uh, had 100 yards in i believe the title game for the usfl they brought him in because they just kind of needed bodies obviously you know they're going to try to limit what jones and aj Dillon do in the preseason if they do anything in the preseason at all um but tyler goodson was the starter for the packers with those two guys out and obviously kylan hill still on pop um with the knee injury after he tore his acl last year Tyler Goodson, I did not expect him to get more snaps than Patrick Taylor, but the way that, that we were used was really interesting. So in the first yeah. half, because I charted the first half, um, which is, you know, all the snaps Jordan Love took, basically. That's what you need to think. And then, you know, there's massive uh, personnel changes, whether you want to call it going from 
the first team to the second team or the second team to the third team, whatever, however you want to slice that one up. Goodson had 26 snaps and Taylor had 13. That was really surprising. Yeah. I mean, you would think that that puts Goodson in the driver's seat, but the way that they used Taylor, which was as a pass blocker and a short yardage back. And they also, you know, were able to break tendencies with that by having him line up out wide, right? Like they didn't do that with, with Tyler Goodson. Um, I almost kind of think I still lean Patrick Taylor there because if you think about it from, if you think about the running back position from like a base downs and then like sub package downs, right. Perspective. Yep. The base down depth chart is always going to go Aaron Jones, AJ, well, whatever combination of that, right. Like Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and then whoever the next guy. Is. So maybe Goodson is the third base downs guy, but if Dylan gets hurt, they're going to need that short yardage back. They're going to need yep. that guy who can help in pass protection. And Jones does well for that for his size, but he's still a very – he's a pretty small running back, right? So that's kind of my line of thinking there. Um, they did kind of bring it up today, you know, with uh, Goot talked uh, beyond just the coordinators. You know, it seems like there's a real conversation of, like, do we keep three? Do we keep four? My question is just, mm-hmm. like, Hill is probably running back three when he does come back. So, like, what's the upside of keeping Goodson, really, instead of promoting him off of the practice squad for the first couple of weeks of the season? Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I've been kind of riding the Goodson train for a little bit this this offseason, and he certainly has got a little more burst, I think, than Taylor does. But um, I don't know that, that that's enough to to overcome kind of those limitations you said with, with the way they're used. And he... He looks small. Like he is, yeah. he is very clearly looks like a sub 200 pound running back because I mean, that that's what he is, but he took a couple of big licks in that game too. Um, there was one, I don't remember the, the, the one safety uh, that, that San Francisco had that just came down and planted him um, just, just stood, oh, stood uh, straight up. Uh, Ufanga Ufanga, from yeah. USC. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I do have to wonder, you know, you mentioned the pass protection. I, I do think that's going to be probably a big, uh, a big piece of this. And, and Taylor definitely between his size and his experiences is, is going to have the edge there, I think. So um, it, it makes sense to me to have to, to go that route and, and keep Taylor. I, I've kind of been, been waffling between, between him and Goodson just, but, but, kind of thinking through the same things that you're describing. I think it makes sense to keep Taylor as the three. Um, I, I imagine injuries will sort themselves out at other positions by the time Kylan Hill's ready to come back and, and maybe they do keep four at that point, but um, you know, Goodson is a change of pace guy coming off the the practice squad. If you, you know, if you need a body for a, a game or two, I think he can give you something. So, so hopefully, you know, they can, they can get him through and, and get him on the squad because um, I do wonder if this is one of those where if they move on from Taylor and try to sign him back to the practice squad, if he doesn't say, you know what, no, I'm going to, I'm going to take my chances someplace else. And I, I think he would, because I mean, he was a guy who it's not like NFL teams didn't know about him, right? Like he was a guy who declared early for the NFL draft. It was just yep. injuries that ended up messing up uh, his kind of pre-draft process. He had to take that red shirt year in green Bay at wide receiver. I am finally at the spot where I'm like seven wide receivers make sense now. And I don't think it involves Malik Taylor. And I think coming into the off season, I would have said one of those guys probably has to be like the non non non-return man specialist, right? The guy who's playing the vice, the guy who's gunning punts, 
but there's so many guys at the cornerback position, actually. Like you look at uh, Keyshawn Nixon, Shamar John Charles, um, Rico Gafford, all of those guys are getting in on special teams to the point where like really the way to think about it is like body types, right? Like the tight end, outside linebacker, inside linebacker is like one body type. And then the other body type is like the defensive backs and the wide receivers. And they have so many of those guys on the defensive side of the ball that I think are going to actually make the team that I don't think they need that on offense. I I think they could just have like straight up outside of basically Amari, who's going to, you know, return um, may win the, the starting job, but you know, they're at least getting him work right now. I think all these guys can be wide receivers. And I think that's what opens ends up opening up a spot for not only Amari sticking on the roster, but Juwan Winfrey, who's getting way more burned than him as an outside receiver. I charted first half of the preseason game um, week one. And then I charted the family night snaps with the ones that, you know, were broadcast. Juwan Winfrey is out snapping Amari Rogers on the outside. So not like not in the slot, not in the condensed formations where, you know, the number one wide receiver to the outside is starting three feet away from a tight end. Um, Winfrey is out snapping him 14 to six. And of, of those six snaps that Amari had as an outside wide receiver, five of them were in the two minute drill that like Danny Davis was also out there for. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's after, you know, Dobbs and Winfrey and guys like that had already been pulled out of the game. Um, so I think kind of Winfrey is like an outside guy that they, they, they only ran live motion twice in the first half it was both times to Juwan Winfrey Winfrey did that little insert thing that like Alan Lazard does where he's like creeping up behind the tight end and just like digging out a defensive end and stuff like that he did that four times uh in in the first half uh, against San Francisco I really do think like they're designing a lot of these plays for Winfrey and I think that they have a plan for him to stick on the roster is the wide receiver seven, potentially, even if he's only like an outside guy, obviously he's not really going to get on the field outside of special teams, unless someone ends up going down because they already have guys like Dobbs, guys like Watson, guys like Watkins who can play outside Lazard. who's going to play outside and in the slot, but injuries happen in the NFL. And I think at this point, it's like, this is one of the guys you probably can't risk putting on practice squad again. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree. And, and, talking about the special teams, body types and things. And I, I do, I think I remember seeing a, a decent amount of uh, comments about Winfrey playing some of those, mm-hmm. uh, those snaps on, on special teams a little bit now where he wasn't doing a whole lot of that when he was activated last season, um, those snaps going to like a Malik Taylor. So um, I do wonder if they're, if they're starting to, to use him there a little bit more than, than they have in the past and, and help, you know, help him get on the field that way and, and, make the roster but yeah if they're if they're designing plays for for him to to be a run blocker like that's that's how you make the team in a Matt LaFleur <laughs> coach they're team, making right? him do dirty work man because yeah. they have him doing that and then again to your point on special teams he is playing special teams but he's not playing those like perimeter roles I guess is the best gotcha. way like vice like clamping up a guy right uh who's trying to gun down a punt or the I, I think Basachi actually calls gunners flyers he said that today um playing one of those positions he's like blocking on kick return or okay. just like going out there on kickoff stuff like that yeah. where it's like he's that's dirty work man <laughs> like, yeah and if he's active <laughs> in these games i mean he's gonna have to do that like that's what right. he's on the team to actually do it's not yep. like he's gonna get a ton of these outside snaps so but, i thought that was interesting yeah and and then 
if you keep him as seven, right, that pushes Samari Toure off as probably your eighth guy, and, and you yeah. hope to get him out of the practice squad. Um, I'm trying to remember, you, you charted him, and he ended up mostly being a slot guy, right, When the way they've been using him so far for the most part, if I yeah, remember right. 20 to 1 snaps Ooh. as a slot to, wow. to outside. Yeah, he pretty significant split. I think he was out um, on the field for one of the special teams teams. Um, Tariq Carpenter was another guy like that where – you know, these guys that were draft picks that just aren't really able to break the depth chart as of late. And, you know, we got we got two more preseason games to go. You're going to have cuts again next week where they go down from 85 to 80. I wouldn't anticipate any of those guys to be on that that cut list. Um, I think Therese got a pretty good shot at making the practice squad. Um, I, I just really it's weird because they took him. He's a draft pick, but he's like the eighth wide receiver on their board. And even if yeah. there's an injury, I don't I don't know if he would be the next guy to get called up. I mean, we're, we're living in a, a world where it's very possible that Brian Gutekunst cuts all four of his seventh round draft picks this year, which yeah. feels crazy. Um, Cause he, he has loved this, you know, all of his draft picks, you know, they, he, I'm trying to, trying to think back how many of them he has, he has ended up keeping even in those late, you know, day three guys. I mean, he's bringing some um, of them, some of them back. Dexter Williams is back. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, um, all, all four of those guys look like they're they're kind of behind the eight ball right now and, and are, are off the bubble, at least as of this point in time. So we'll, I'm sure we'll get to the other three in a little bit. Yeah. Um, one last note, Malik Taylor waived with the uh, injured designation. So he's going to revert back to IR. Who knows if, if he's going to stick on IR. I wouldn't anticipate him to. Um, he yeah. just returned. For, to practice uh he was wearing the red you know non-contact jersey like a quarterback and then he the i think it was the day before he got released he he was finally cleared for contact i think he's probably going to get an injury settlement and end up somewhere else in the league at this point but that certainly opens up the like non if they weren't going to keep him to play special teams then they're probably not going to keep anyone to play special teams because he's done that for them for the last two years and so yep. he's just been out there um tight end position Big news is Ugh. that Rob, Bobby Tanyan activated. I mean, I'm yeah. pretty surprised. I assumed he was just going to start on PUP. He tore his ACL like eight months ago. Yeah. Crazy. Well, him and him and El- Elton Jenkins now. I mean, both yeah. of those guys being back off the pup. Um, yeah. If if Bob is is back and ready to go for week one, that's a huge shot in the arm, I think, for for this position group um, and, and to a lesser extent, the offense as a whole. So – that was the first of two big transactions. The other one, Dominique Daphne, when they had to get down to, to 80, he was waived with the injured designation too. Um, assume again that he's probably going to get some sort of injury settlement. But I think that opens up I, – I think that like solidifies the tight end position. It's like, yeah, yeah these are the four that they're going to keep. It's going to be – it's going to be Tanyan. He's going to be the pass catcher. It's going to be – Mercedes going to be the inline guy. Tyler Davis can – do a little bit of both of those, you know, kind of coming off the bench. And then Josiah DeGuara is going to play off the ball. And as a fullback, he played a ton of fullback snaps mm-hmm. in that the opening, uh, the preseason opener. Um, I charted it and it ended up being something like, I think it was like 12 snaps, which was more than he had played fullback in any game other than like week two against the Lions last year. <laughs> Yeah. So like this team, I mean, who knows what they're actually doing in the preseason? Like, I don't know if this is what the offense is supposed to look like or right. they're just run. This is the their base plays where it's like, you know, 
we just got to run something like no checks, no audibles. We just have to run something. But that I thought that was interesting to know. I mean, to that point, they keep saying they're going to get Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon on the field together. They yep. haven't showed one single snap of pony personnel stuff the entire preseason, the entire uh, family night. Like they just haven't done it. So they might just be saving their good stuff for the regular season, just running high formation now. But Deguar's getting on the field. Yeah. Yeah, the I, I do have this this weird feeling that Elise Mack is a little bit of a dark horse and and has an outside shot at at supplanting Tyler Davis for that fourth job uh, at Ooh. this point. Um, it's it's I, I realize I'm going on a limb a little bit on this one, but um, given how uh, how Davis just did not look particularly good in that first game, I mean that, a that first one. drop, you know that that drop right off his right off his mitts that goes for the pick um just not a not a good game overall for him um and it sounds like mac has made a couple plays this week so i don't know he's a he's a different different type of guy um i think he's a little bit bigger he's certainly a a better athlete uh from what i recall of his ras uh mac is so um at a position where tools kind of dominate everything um if he can come on and and have a couple of nice performances i i could see him maybe sneaking on and, and pushing Davis off and getting the, the fourth tight end job. And he was a starter on the uh, kickoff return team, which I kind of thought yeah. was a little bit surprising. That, yeah. that was the only team that he was the starter on, but he's at least getting out there. I mean, it's notable. Again, if you're going to take anything out of, uh, I guess what Quay Walker started at inside linebacker, the offensive line started. And then outside of that, what you're really picking apart is kind of, the edge of the roster bubble and then who's going to make the team based off the special teams. Like that's kind of the takeaways. Um, Offensive line wise, I I put up an article on the site. If you guys want to check it out with a bunch of cutups of kind of three offensive line combinations. So the first one is, is kind of who the starters are right now, um, which is uh, I'm spacing on his name, buddy from, from Oregon. uh, (laughs) Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen. (laughs) I keep like mentally, I'm just like Lucas Patrick. Like I'm like <laughs> Lucas Patrick, but it's not Lucas Patrick. It's like the next Lucas Patrick. Yep. Jake Hansen, um, next to Royce Newman at right tackle. The the next combo that came in was Newman kicking in to right guard, Zach Tom at right tackle, and then Zach Tom at right tackle with Sean Ryan at right guard. Um, so I have all those cutups for the pass protections up on the site, uh, in slide and bob protection. I kind of came away thinking that Zach Tom is the guy I, I would choose out of those. Yeah. And it's weird to me that they're already working in Elton Jenkins as like the long-term right tackle. It seems like, like all, all the, he's not doing full contact stuff, but in all the walkthroughs and all the indie stuff, he's getting looks at right tackle. And I'm not sure that their best offensive line, like left to right, wouldn't be, you know, when everyone's fully healthy Bach, John uh John Runyon, Josh Myers, Elton at right guard, and then Tom at right tackle. Like I yeah. kind of think that's the best offensive line that they could throw out there. But they seem pretty committed to this like Hanson Newman thing that they've been messing around with the entire the entire preseason. And I don't really I don't really get it. Like I watch Hanson, yeah. he seems like a center to me. He's just he's a center. He's a yeah. center. And then Newman has some issues, you know. He, he can't make guys run the hoop around a quarterback. Like he's 
quick game, he can get a body on a body, but then it's like the athleticism at the end of plays. It's like, oh man, that guy's getting real close to the quarterback and it's yeah. not your fault, but. Uh. And that's, and that's the polar opposite of Zach Tom, right? Like he is, he has incredible feet. Um, th- that was, I was trying to make sure to watch him when he was at right tackle, just the, the, the way he, he keeps guys in front of him and, and manages to, um, to, to keep those feet moving is impressive. And I think I, I think I, when I was, cause I, I didn't have a chance to watch the game live. I was stuck in airline delays all, all day, Friday afternoon and evening. So I had to watch the replay back and I was, I think I was texting you guys. I'm like, the one thing about Zach Tom is he looks like he's a tight end. Yeah. Like just his build. It's, it's, he, he is not, he does not look like he's built like a, a 300 pound offensive lineman. He looks like he's a big tight end out there playing tackle, but he also moves like he's a big tight end playing tackle uh, in, in a good way. So that, that was just the one thing that, that really stood out to me watching him beyond just, you know, being pretty pleased with, with his pass sets was, man, he looks lean for, <laughs> for an offensive lineman, for a guy wearing a number in the 50s. The one thing that – so I, I put up on the site our uh, new projected 53-man roster. The one thing I came away thinking is if Bakhtiari isn't off of PUP in week one, and, I mean, hopefully he is, but, like, we're two weeks – we got two more – we got, what? Yeah the end of the preseason is like eight days from now for the Packers. So like, yeah, if it's going to happen, it's got to happen pretty soon. Um, if he, if he starts the season on PUP, I don't really think the Packers need to keep 10 linemen on their 53 man roster. I just right. don't, that 10th guy hasn't really shown up. Like right now it's like, it's not even Rashid Walker. It's like the undrafted free agents that are getting looks out there. Yeah. It's, it's a Caleb Jones over at right tackle or something, right? Yeah. It's, or like um... Michael Manette as the, third center option and yeah. i'm like i don't I know mean, we could use that on something else walker's funny because i i i sent this like the other day the first time i heard anything about rasheed walker at training camp was on tuesday when the packers twitter account posted a video of him biking to camp with one of the kids that's the first time you've seen his name mentioned at any point really from any of the the media guys in any of the training camp practices for the last three weeks, yeah, um, it's crazy. That guy is is as big of an afterthought right now uh, on this offensive line as anybody. So, no, I'm I'm completely with you, right? Like, there's a clear, there seems like there's a clear demarcation at that that nine spot, um, mm-hmm. not including Bach. Um, you know, Van, Van Lannen kind of Van Lannen and Sean Ryan being like your eight nine guys. Um, Ryan kind of by default based on his his draft position and um, right. he's not the, he's not any threat to to get cut no stop no. the money that they paid him right but um yeah and, and van lannan's in in that mix but but there's a huge drop off i think after those guys and with needing to probably needing to keep seven receivers um and the numbers game on the defensive side yeah i, I completely agree and the other thing there too right is pup list guys in the, in the regular season only have to be shut down for the first three weeks now so there's a you've got a, a sooner window that you can react uh, activate guys in the regular season. Um, I don't you know that they've talked about it and they say, you know, if the guy's ready, we're going to activate him, you know, in, in the preseason. We're not going to stash him because we don't have to stash him as long. But um, I just yeah, the 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 box stuff is weird. Um, I will not be at all surprised if he stays on PUP to start the season. Um and and yeah, if if you do that, I think you roll with nine. You save that roster spot for 
for another place and and you move on um especially given the amount of versatility that you have especially with jenkins being back yeah and, and for sure being able to to play so many different positions in a pinch what do you think of tom getting some left guard snaps because that Why? doesn't make sense to me no leave That's, john runyon alone leave him that is job alone the, the left guard and center are the two positions where you feel as good as as you possibly can on this offensive line right now. I mean, Myers had a, a really solid game. I think I saw he was like the highest graded PFF player uh, on the offensive line in all of the NFL in week one. Um, I think he got like a 90 or something from from their scale. So, you know, you, you feel good about where he's at. And, and Runyon has just been he's just been as solid as you can be since week two of last year. I don't know why you're messing around with uh, with that position. I I would understand giving Tom like some two snaps at that spot, but um, you know the only thing I can think of there is okay, we're gonna have Tom be our our backup at four different positions or something, and just at least get him a couple of snaps next to Nyman and and next to Myers just so that you can get your communication down or something. But even that, like that that's that's me really grasping at straws to try to find an explanation. The thing is, like, I'd, I'd want him to get the right snaps, the right mm-hmm. guard snaps, because mm-hmm. if, if Elton's going to play right tackle when he's healthy, right, and he's cleared for contact and all that stuff, I want Tom in the mix with Hanson oh, yeah. and Newman. Like, going into this, we thought, you know, hey, we just spent three draft picks on offensive linemen. There's no way Newman is going to be the starting right guard again this upcoming season. And Here not only – he might play right <laughs> tackle because Hanson is playing right guard. and. We didn't even know if Hanson was going to make the team or not. So, and again, I, I think Hanson is a solid player. I just think he's a center. I think yeah. he's a backup center and this team doesn't really need a backup center. So they're messing around with him at guard. I just, I'd be real worried if the starting right tackle, right guard combo to open up the season is those two when Daniel Hunter and Zadaria Smith is out yep. there. I'm, I'm just trying to remind myself that this time last year, we were still seeing Ben Braden get like first team yeah. snaps. So anything can can happen here in the next you know week and a half before final cuts and you know another week and a half after that before week one comes along. Let's take a quick break and then uh, we'll get into the defense. Uh, talk a little bit about special teams. I promise it won't be too much. And then <laughs> talk about what we want to see moving forward in the uh, the Saints game tonight. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. Start on the defensive side. Defensive line, I thought, did some really interesting stuff in the preseason game. So, obviously, the top guys on the defensive line are going to be uh, Kenny Clark playing nose tackle. Jerron Reed, Dean Lowry seem to be the starters yep. at defensive end. Um, Devontae Wyatt didn't play in the preseason game. I think he would have if not for injury, but he had a concussion. Um, I yep. say that because they played Quay Walker. I would assume that if Christian Watson is healthy enough to play against the Saints, that he's actually going to play against the Saints. It seems like they're willing to throw the rookies out there more if, if they're kind of on that borderline uh, starting type of uh, threshold. But then after that, so at family night, what they ended up doing is they had Jonathan Ford start at the nose tackle, which kicked TJ Slayton out to defensive end. And then they had Jack Heflin next to him for this game. Ford just like fell down the depth chart. Ford got one snap uh, at nose tackle in the first half. He got four at defensive end. Big change compared to last week where they had, you know, Slayton was playing uh, nose tackle and then being the guy who got kicked to end. And another Slayton, Chris Slayton, actually led all the interior defensive linemen in uh, snaps in the first half. He took 19 snaps. TJ Slayton took 17. Heflin got seven for reference. Ford got five. And then Akil Byers. Um, got used as a really specific type of player. So he never played a single base, uh, like their defensive front, like their three, four base. He never got a single snap in that, but he was coming off of the bench as a uh, nickel defensive tackle. So mm-hmm. kind of like a guy who's going after the passer. I kind of think Byers is probably, if if they see pass rushing talent out of him and he's not really a threat uh, to to make a 53 somewhere else, I think he's probably one of the 16 guys who ends up make it yep. a practice squad but there's some real competition here because i think that they could they could they might only keep five right which would get, have slayton as the fifth guy if there's six even then there's still a lot of competition because it's yeah. chris slayton heflin ford and now i guess Byers is like loosely in that race but a pretty distant fourth yeah and slayton played great tj slayton specifically i mean he had a great East. game um East. i think you cut up some of that and um that that one play where where he's stand up over the nose and disengages and, and makes the tackle in, in the run game about two yards downfield just great great exciting play um heflin had his moments too so he flashed a little bit and like i i always do the snap counts right the the total snap counts for the whole game and chris slayton played 51 snaps out of 59 plays on defense Good in that Lord. game that's insane and, and and tj played almost every snap of the first half mm-hmm. so um you know, some of that is probably a, a numbers game. Again, like you said, Wyatt, I'm sure would have played probably 15, 20 snaps if he were, uh, if he were healthy and able to go and probably takes the snaps away from, from Chris Slayton in, in that instance. But, um, but even he played, you know, pretty solid, especially given that he played, you know, more than 80% of, 
uh, of the team snaps in that game. So you, you, you do have some real interesting decisions to make if you go beyond that five. Again, to your point, I think that that top five is just about as settled as you're going to get as any, as, as any position group. The question is just, do you keep a sixth? And if you, know, if you do keep a sixth, do you go with the draft pick for do you go with, with Heflin, who's been around for a year, but you didn't activate him at all during the regular season last year, um, even though he was on basically on the 53 the whole year. Um, and Heflin or, made you know, a couple plays too. And I was like, he did. Yeah. Gosh, dang. Like, is he just not doing this <laughs> like from September to December? Or I mean, we were asking this question on? last, all of last year. Where is, yeah. where is he? Why is he not active on game day? And, and cause he was, he was the sixth guy for, for most of last season too. So um, maybe he, he's the special teams guy. Like they're just like, he can't, just can't step down on field goal protection. We can't make him do it. His <laughs> knee won't bend that far. Yeah. Um, to your point about the snap counts. So this is first half uh, defense, right? Um, before they made the big changes and switches over to, you know, the second and a half team, if you want to think mm-hmm. about it that way. Slayton got 19. Uh, Chris Slayton, I have to be more specific now. Mm-hmm. TJ Slayton got 17. The only guys more that had more than TJ Slayton were uh, Don Levitt had 18 at safety. Shamar John Charles and Rico Gafford had 21 and 20 at corner. That's almost so, every snap then. That's of, almost of, every single yeah. snap. And TJ Slayton specifically, this is a guy who the the story on him coming out of Florida was basically like, we don't know if he can eat that amount of snaps coming out just because yeah, conditioning. He's, he's a big, he's a big and, body, and he yeah. hasn't done it. He hasn't played a lot of defensive football before. Now, I thought that that was a great sign that he was able to play all those nose tackle snaps again. First half, ten nose tackle snaps in total. He took nine of them. Jonathan Ford only got one. Um, the fact that he was able to do that and then play all those nickel snaps too, where he's trying to pin his ears back and and get after it as a pass rusher, I thought that was a great sign because now maybe that makes you really comfortable in terms of the numbers where you're like. Maybe we only do need five defensive linemen yep. if Slayton can can play all these reps, right? I think that was kind of cool to see. Outside yep. linebacker, man, you could tell me anything and I'll <laughs> believe it. So Tipa, yeah. the one thing I will say, it seems Tipa's Tipa's in, I think, right? I think he's, has he's to be in. on that three or four line. He's he's starting on three special teams. He's the only outside linebacker who's starting on special team. And when I say special teams, I mean kickoff kick return punt punt return right now um obviously we know the kicking game matters uh but kick team that's a that's a different animal yeah kick team and and field goal block right now when the starters aren't playing like it's we're we're getting people we're people we're getting people their steps in like that's all really we're doing here (laughs) like russell douglas and those guys will be you know coming off the edge trying to block uh, the field goals and stuff like that in the regular season. Outside linebacker, the way the snaps ended up breaking out were uh, uh, JJ and Igbari, 13, Jonathan Garvin, 10, um, Kobe Jones, 11, and then Tipa Nalia, 8. Tipa went out with a, I think it was a shoulder injury that they ended up calling like an elbow later. Um, mm. I believe he's back at practice now. Yep. So pretty even splits. This was with Ladarius Hamilton out. I feel like we learned absolutely nothing other than <laughs> there's there's probably three roster spots behind gary behind preston smith it has opened up a little bit with uh randy ramsey being waived with a injury designation so that's you know at least one body who's kind of like out of the race 
But there's five guys competing for three spots. I feel pretty good about Enigbare getting in because he's a draft pick. He's been flashing uh, lately. He, like he's he apparently – he's had an insane week of practice this week too. Like yeah. they've been they've been talking him up, and, and he has been just constantly in the backfield this week. He's been getting some snaps with the ones. So, yeah, I think any any remaining doubt uh, on him making the team for me is is gone at this point. Um, just based on the flashes we've seen in the last week or so. So, so we got him. We got the weird Tipa thing. Tipa was on the third team defense on family night, then ended up starting <laughs> preseason week one and was starting on, what was it, four different special teams units, three or yeah. four special teams units. So, like, I assume that he's going to get in, but I wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't the guy. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Garvin – with Darius Hamilton, that only really opens up one spot for one of those guys. And like Kobe Jones is playing as good as Garvin yeah. or Hamilton to me. So I don't know what this is. This is the most wide open spot, I think, on the team. And I think it's kind of an indictment of how much depth they have. Like, I don't know if Garvin or Kobe Jones or uh, Ladarius Hamilton would make every single NFL roster. But in Green Bay, this is a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're going to absolutely have to have a fifth guy here, right? You're not unless you think that somebody's going to become available uh they keep talking about list, the fifth. The you know cornerback and outside linebacker are the two that they keep saying you know our fifth yeah. guy our fifth guy like you can tell they're thinking about keeping five yeah. so yeah the, unless they think that somebody's going to be you know released off another roster that they can claim on waivers or something you know after the 53 deadline on uh two weeks from tuesday um i the the way it breaks down for me, right, is is Tipa and Garvin basically got all their snaps in the first half, and then they were they were done. Um, Enigbari and Kobe Jones kept kind of playing throughout the second half. Enigbari got I think the most snaps with forty five. Um, so with him, I'm sure they they want to they want to see what the rookie you know what the right. rookie can do and, and evaluate him a little bit. And then you know you get Kobe Jones getting a, a good amount, and and then Chauncey Manat comes on for a little bit in the second half. I think he's you know I he's pretty, pretty much. Distant. pretty well out of the running yeah, yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe, one of the maybe he's he one of the cuts from squad. yeah and he yeah. might be even one of the cuts from 85 to 80 when it comes down to it next week um but but just based on you know it, it's it's tough to get a read on hamilton without him playing and seeing how they would have yeah. rotated him in but based on garvin just getting like 11 snaps all basically all of them coming in the first half that at least, you know, that at least tells me that he's the the front runner for that fifth spot for the time being, at least. So yeah, hopefully Hamilton will be back this week and, and we'll see what, you know, see what that rotation looks like on Friday. Yeah, I think family night, the second team pass rushers that came out were Garvin and Ladarius Hamilton. So like mm -hmm. that's kind of those guys have been up there. It's just like a weird spot where, you know, maybe those guys are fighting for your fourth, fifth or what what's the math on that third third and fourth outside linebacker spots yeah. on the depth chart <laughs> but you have to release one of them because Enigbari has the the rookie deal and then Tipa is just going to give you so much as a special teamer like he's just out there on every single unit yep um speaking of guys who might be on the uh 80 man cut down inside linebacker you know who yeah. didn't get a single snap uh with those guys in the first half Ty <laughs> Summers. I think I know. yep Hi Summers, and he's not out there starting on a single special teams unit. I think, I think it's finally done. The only guy that they held out at the position was uh, Devondre Campbell. Um, the way that the rotation ended up working, they rotated these guys in and out a whole lot. It started with Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie. Kind of thought that that was surprising because 
we had heard, you know, all summer that, you know, they want Chris Barnes calling plays for the second team defense. They want him yep. to have the green dot. And then you start preseason game one. No one has a green dot on because, you know, it's, it's McDuffie and Walker out there. Then it ended up rotating to Isaiah McDuffie and then Chris Barnes. And then it ended up being Chris Barnes and Ray Wilborn. All of those guys are playing special teams. Quay Walker is starting at, I think it's tackle on punt team right now. Mm. Um, so all these guys are going to get looks. I kind of, I wouldn't hate them keeping all five. Ray Wilburn was a guy that I thought played well in special or played well. You've been in, on the uh, Wilburn train this whole, this whole summer, man. He played well in uh preseason <laughs> last year. And then they just stashed them on the practice squad the entire season. And, yeah. you know, if he's going to be out there and making plays and playing special teams, like, does it hurt? Does it hurt? Like him, him and Ennis Gaines uh, are the team. Yep. Gaines got hurt and hasn't really been. I mean, now would have been a great time for Gaines to step up, right? With Levitt out and Darnell Savage out, but he's banged up too. Those are kind of my two little babies. I had Tipa last <laughs> year and then regretted it. I think like week three of the preseason, I was like, there's no way you can oh, roster no. this guy. Yeah. And then he ended up playing <laughs> playoff snaps for us. But yeah, inside linebacker was interesting. I think Quay obviously is running away with it. Um, yeah. I think Barnes might be inside linebacker four, though, which I think is a little bit of a surprise considering mm-hmm. he was the starter last year. But, I mean, they did bring in Jalen Smith last year to try to replace him as the nickel inside linebacker because they didn't want him there. So, I don't that know. didn't work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, the, the the green dot thing was was fascinating to me, too. I was I was interested by that, that same uh, development. And... I, I did notice that Walker had it early on when it was him and McDuffie out there at the beginning of the at the beginning of the game, those first series or two, and and they they had Walker doing it. I don't know if maybe that's just a hey, let's you know let's go out there and throw him into the fire and and make him do it for a little bit his first mm-hmm. his first action out there and and see how he handles it. That's that's my working theory on that. But yeah, to your point, then he he kind of gives off to, to Barnes after a couple series and, and Barnes takes over. So um, yeah, it's, it's a clear, you know, there's like, again, a clear top four here. I, I really think the only question is, you know, do you keep Wilborn as a fifth or do you end up sticking yeah. with four and, and going with another, another guy to another position? A hundred percent agree there. Um, cornerback. This is another one where I feel like they're almost like tight end where it's like, I feel like we know who the guys are. I feel like we know mm-hmm. who the guys are and we know the numbers. So obviously Jair, Rasul, and uh, Eric Stokes are going to be the three guys out there in nickel when everyone is healthy. Shamar John Charles actually got a good amount of outside corner uh, snaps in preseason one. Um, he played 21 snaps, all of them as an outside guy. That was kind of surprising because in family night when he was out there in nickel, they would have him play in the slot. And that was with the second team defense too. Rico Gafford's an outside corner who's going to contribute on special teams. Um, he was just converted back uh, from wide receiver. And then Keyshawn Nixon, who, you know, he's one of Rich Passaccia guys, was basically the full-time slot. So I feel like there's a pretty strong line in the sand between whoever whoever that corner six is. I don't know if it is Nixon or if it is Gafford. Like, with special teams involved, I guess, like, that would probably depend on, like, who ends up winning some of these return battles and stuff. But that line right above uh, Keandre Thomas is, is pretty, pretty deep and pretty strong, I think. Yep. Yeah, I have nothing to add. <laughs> um, safety. Kind of still Ooh. pretty weird, man. Like, uh-huh. what happened to Sean Davis? 
So Sean Davis was yeah. getting all the safety three spots or snaps throughout the entire summer until Darnell Savage went down with the injury on family night. Then it ended up being Vernon Scott, which like was a mild surprise. The big surprise, they start the game with Vernon Scott and uh, Don Levitt in at yeah. safety. Levitt is basically just a special teams player. Like he's been that, you know, his entire NFL career and got and he's bombed. Sh- he showed it. Yeah. yeah, he showed it on Friday. Ooh. He got bombed and then he got hurt and then he messed up his shoulder. So like yeah. Sean Davis is probably going to have to play uh, against the Saints. But just I don't really know what to make of this position and Levitt's injury. I mean. They haven't really come out and like, you know, said how banged up it is. They haven't given us any details on that. But like LaFleur said, like, he's going to be out a while. And when it happened, yep. I, I thought he he broke his clavicle or something. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a pretty big hit over the middle. And the, his arm flops and he immediately grabs like around his shoulder. And I'm like, I've seen these before. These usually <laughs> take a season. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have trouble imagining that they would try to stash him through onto the roster through the cut down to try to get him onto IR to return later on in the season. I, no, I just, I think I don't see, I don't see that being a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let him, let him go through, you know, move, move on with a, an injury settlement or something. And then, you know, maybe if he gets healthy, bring him back, you know, midway through the season or something. I, I think that's a more likely scenario than, uh, than trying to hold on to him. So with that, I mean, yeah, Scott looks clearly like your three right now. Um, and then you're probably down to what Davis and Carpenter for that four spots. And given the, the safety four or the safety three reps, that Davis no, he's not like, he's not, he's not, he's on one special teams unit. That's crazy. And that's, that was, and that was supposed to be, that was, yeah, that was his, his pathway, right? Like he was going to be the next Oren Burks um, at least from, you know, from body type and, and being the special teams missile. And it's just not, it's just not there for him right now which is a little bit shocking to be honest. I mean, he might need a, he might be a guy who's on the practice squad this year and then he ends up playing special teams next year, but you yeah. drafted a guy to take a red shirt year to play special teams. I don't, how good at special teams could this guy be? <laughs> I mean, he's certainly not good enough to be getting reps with this team yeah. as of yet. So I don't know. Uh, special teams wise, I told you guys we were going to talk a little bit. Um, I'm just going to list off the guys and the uh, units that they started off on by number. So the guys who started on all four of the core units, which again are punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return, because it's just funky not having the starters out there for field goal or field goal block. The guys who started on all four, Isaiah McDuffie, Chris Barnes, and Rico Gafford. The guys who started three were Tyler Davis, Tipa Nalia, Shamar John Charles, and uh, Keyshawn Nixon and Don Levitt, who is now injured. Uh, the guys who started two were Amari Rogers, Juwan Winfrey, Josiah DeGuar, and Sean Davis. And then the guys who were only in on one, Samari Toure, Alizé Mack, Quay Walker, Ray Wilborn, Vernon Scott, and Tariq Carpenter. So that gives you kind of a good feel of who some of these guys who are on the bubble, um, where, the, where they kind of stand, at least. Because they're not going to be burning all these reps just to not have a guy there on, on punt team uh, for game day. What are you looking forward to for the Saints game? Where, where are your eyes going to be when you watch the game, Tux? Yeah, I, I tend to, to gravitate towards the receiver group just in general. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't I don't expect that we'll see Christian Watson playing just g- given how quick it was after he came off the, the pup list on Sunday. But, um, you know, you want to see if, if Dobbs can keep up his, um, you know, his impressive summer. 
um, and then kind of looking at that, you know, that Winfrey role, right? You know, how how are they yeah. using him? Are they going to keep him doing some of that dirty work in the in the run game? Um, versus, you know, are they going to keep using Toure as a as a slot guy? Um, so I think that'll be one of the interesting things um, that that I'll be keeping an eye on. Um, and then, like I said, I, I've I, I want to see. Elysia Mack. I want to see a little more of him um, just to see if, if you can get him integrated into the offense a little bit more, um, see what he can give you uh, because I think he can be sort of that, that same, that same role as Tyler Davis, right? He can play in line, uh, but also split out a little bit and, and use his athleticism as a receiver. Um, so that'll kind of be where, where I'm looking. And then you get to the offensive line and, and just the combinations Right. Again, that, that we keep talking about over and over at this point, where are they going to put Zach Tom? How are they going to you know line up in that, that first, first string line? Um, I would, I would, I'm with you. I would love to see, you know, Newman and Tom at right guard and right tackle to start this game. Um, but we haven't really seen that in practice this week. It's been, you know, Hanson and, and Newman again for most of, uh, most of these, these practice reps with the ones. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we'll see that or not, but looking forward to seeing, seeing Tom again um, this Friday. So, and I'll actually be able to watch live this time, which would be nice. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, beyond what you said, I think where my eyes are going to be the Patrick Taylor thing at running back. I want to keep a close eye on that. Mm-hmm. I almost, I almost wonder if that's because he was just recently coming off of an injury. I yeah. do wonder if they had him on like a pitch count for that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he overtook Goodson in terms of snaps. Um, at the very least, I'll be I'll have an eye on him seeing like, okay, when it's third down and, and six, do they use you as the blocking back and stuff like that? Like yep. they did last time. Want to keep an eye on Deguara and just like, are they actually using fullbacks this year? Is, it, is this <laughs> team changing? Because it's really hard to run a kind of eye formation offense if you're not pulling guards and stuff. And that's one of the things – the Packers did the least, you know, in the league. They don't really pull guards. Everything is zone or duo or, you know, some sort of like wraparound variation where like it's supposed to go this way and then it's an end around that way and you have a lead blocker. Like the guards aren't really pulling. It all looks the same. Um, defensively, really just keeping an eye on the line of scrimmage. I feel like the guys outside of safety, I feel like the guys on the back end, um, we kind of like know who's going to make the roster within like, one player i guess is yep. the best way to put it but like the slayton and slayton stuff the slayton brothers i need to keep an eye on them i want to see if if they can do it again for for a second game in a row and then outside linebacker like someone's got to step up mm-hmm. someone's got to rush the passer when it's not gary and preston smith out there so i'm interested in seeing that i don't know if uh you caught it either um they are showing some of their like weird little uh pressure packages yeah. Every once in a while, they'll just have like Quay Walker creep down the line of scrimmage and they'll have three interior defensive linemen opposite right. of him. And you're like, okay, you guys are cooking some stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting alignment. Uh, I think you pointed it out and, and I was kind of watching for it uh, when I, when I rewatched the game a little bit and yeah, that's a, that's a fun little wrinkle. So I we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see more of that. I think in the regular season, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure they've got a few other things cooking up that they'll break out as the season goes along yeah it seems like uh based off of what they did on family night too because they showed that look a couple of times when Mm -hmm. they were working like third down period and stuff like that where uh it seems like quay is really going to be the walk-up guy and devondre is going to be the guy who's kind of playing off the ball and even when 
Devondre wasn't out there, right, in uh, the first preseason game against the Niners, they still had Quay Walker do the walk-up role. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. So he's going to be – we're going to lean on him for a little bit of a uh, pass rush. I mean, he might be the third best pass rushing outside linebacker <laughs> on the team. Like, I'm, I'm not totally sold on these guys. I'm pretty worried. I did some Googles on who's available as, as far as the edge rushers go right now. It's pretty bleak. It's pretty yeah. not good. And a Man, lot of the pass rushers are just like four, three ends, which is not great. Yeah. I, I will be interested to see, uh, we should have Wyatt in for his debut yeah. tonight. So I think, uh, you know, seeing how much playing time they give him, how that rotation works out, how, how his presence affects the the D line rotation. Um, I think that'll be interesting to watch. And and I'm looking forward to, to hopefully seeing him, uh, you know, show off his, his quickness on the interior a little bit. We need it. We need yep. it. All right, keep it tuned to uh, APC. Follow the uh, follow the feed on wherever you get your podcasts. Go to the website, click some articles, read some stuff. We got some videos up, a lot of breakdowns. It's football season again. I'm excited. We're getting, we're getting into the swing of things, man. We're, I'm excited. We're 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 ramping up, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun year. I'm looking forward to it.